Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. We are here to provide hope resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. I am TJ Jackson, and I am joined by the one and only my eldest brother, Taj Jackson. What's up, T? How are you, my man? Good. It is uh, Wednesday, January 26, 2022, and 2022, and we are live, of course, on the Power of Love show. You may be watching us on Facebook or YouTube, or you may be listening to us on a podcast. Either way, we'd appreciate it. If you like this content, it helps us get to other people who may need this content but can't seem to find it. So please uh, consider liking it. And if you're really enjoying what we do here on the Power of Love Show, please consider uh, subscribing or following us. Uh, Remember, everyone, we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. And we have been impacted by it. And we like to think we have learned from it. Mm -hmm. And we like to share our opinion in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you are going through. Saying that if you need professional help, we definitely urge you to seek it and to find it. Please do not just rely on us. Um, Taj Jackson, that is our intro. That is the, the most important part so that we got our disclaimer. We let people know what this is and, and, uh, what we do here. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say, we like to start for a couple minutes as well to talk about what we've learned or what has happened excitedly in our week. So I'll start with you, Taj, anything excited going on in your world? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think back in terms of what's, what's been going on. Uh, we got to see, um, our on my mom's side of the family until Lourdes and oh, cool. Uncle Mike and all that stuff. And so that was great. And Lana, Very our cousin cool. Lana and Guy and, and everything like that. So it was, a you know, always trying to um, make that happen, but it's been hard with the pandemic, but that was really nice and beautiful. It's fun. Yeah. So anything with family is always great, you, you know, on both sides. So yeah, beautiful. that was, I was trying to think what I've done in the week since then. And that was one of the things. So for me, Taj, I am mm-hmm. fasting. I am. Um, Ooh, what day are you on? I'm day three of five. Oh, so wow. My last thing that I had besides water was Sunday evening. And um, fasting, are you feeling it? I feel pretty good. You know, I, what my strategy has been a little bit better this time compared uh-huh. to prior times because I am slowly just constantly drinking water. Um, which has helped kind of filling you up a little. It is. And it, and I think it's, I haven't really had any hunger pangs, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when, when the kids or, or the wife is eating, it always, Oh yeah. I was going to say in front of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the hardest part. So I'd like to isolate myself. So that's probably what I'll do is go upstairs, read and, and get through some emails and stuff like that. But, um, so nothing much has, has been happening. Just been doing that. But today is also a very, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say special day, but a, a, a monumental day in in at least my world. Um, mm-hmm. I know someone in your world, Taj, but in the, in the whole world's world. Um, today is just the two-year anniversary of us losing Kobe um, yeah. to the this disappointing and sad, I guess. Um, I, should, I shouldn't say disappointing, but this very sad and heartfelt um, way with the helicopter crash in 
in a city, you know, we, like I said, he, I've said this before, that crash happened literally a, a baseball throw away from, from where I used to live. Yeah. So um, it's just too home. It feels so home for me that the loss of Kobe and the way it happened is just, it's difficult. It's still yeah. challenging for me. Um, we want to send our love to the Bryant family, um, to Vanessa and the kids. Um, we are here and however we can help. Um, but yes, for, for everyone, it's everyone got shaken that day and, and still seven people lost hard. their lives. Right. Is that good point? Taj? Yeah. It wasn't just and Kobe and, and it was Gianna. His daughter. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the whole, um, a lot of people, um, yeah, I think it was, such a, was it seven total or seven others? You may have been right with seven. I, I don't know. It was, it's way, a tragedy. No. Yeah. Either way, it's a tragedy and, and, and hopefully, uh, it can remind everyone out there to, to, to be thankful and grateful and, and to take, we're not promised tomorrow. We, it can always be our time. So take care of your loved ones, appreciate your loved ones, share loves, um, live the right way. And um, that's it. Just want to give peace to everyone who may be feeling it. I know I am. So um, Taj, anything else you want to say? We have an awesome show lined up. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to give you one, one chance to say anything else that we need to say. No, I'm excited about the show. Let's go. Let's get into it. So on today's episode of the Power of Love show, we welcome Ashley Farrar. Ashley is a neurodivergent mom of three, a nature lover, and a voracious reader. Mm. Love that. Um, yeah. Ashley fell in love with moving when she was young because even as a child, she says the movement of her body and mind made everything feel better. It changed her. It built resil res resiliency. As she got older, she drifted into who she thought the world expected her to be. She went to the school, got the job, and slowly lost the connection to herself that movement had always fostered. Mm. Ashley had been living with chronic pain for over 10 years when her world fell apart. Her mother and uncle were killed in a car accident, mm. followed by the sudden death of her father two years later. The constant physical and emotional pain was unbearable. Ashley's grief journey forced her to reconnect with her needs. She began relying heavily on movement and meditation as tools of healing and self-connection. By doing so, she learned that she could trust her inner voice and that she had the courage to meet her own needs, despite the expectations of others. As a certified movement professional, Ashley strives to create spaces where her clients can show up boldly and unapologetically. Ashley aims for her clients to have a movement toolbox filled with strategies that guide them towards finding their just right challenge so that they can change movement to work for them instead of the other way around. In her work, Ashley creates experiences that foster curiosity, connection, and compassion and allow grievers and other feeling people to be imperfectly human together. So without much further ado, Please welcome to the Power of Love show, Ashley Farrar. Ashley, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am excellent. So good to see you today. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we get into some line of questioning, you're a voracious reader. I'd love to know <laughs> either what your favorite book is of all time or what you're currently reading. Give me some. I'm, I love reading, so give me something. Yeah. So um, I don't even know if I could tell you that I have a favorite book because there's just too many to choose from. Um, 
And, oh, I feel on the spot. I've got to think about a book I've read recently. We'll, we'll come back to it. We can come yeah, back we'll, to it. We'll, okay, we'll, 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 we'll give you some time. I know. I just sprung that on you. My fault, Ashley. Okay. So um, what inspired you to get into this field of work as a certified movement professional? Yeah. So um, when my my mom and uncle had their car accident and died, I was working at a nonprofit doing community-based research. I had um, a degree in research and epidemiology. So um, I was, you know, invested in that work. I loved it. It was wonderful. And um, their deaths really just threw that off for me. And I was 37 weeks pregnant when they when they had their accident. So I was on maternity leave for a year after. And I went back to that job and I um, worked there for a year. And then um, the two year mark, my dad died and I was 38 weeks pregnant the year my dad died. Wow. So I had another maternity leave. And at the end of that maternity leave, I was just like, I, I can't do this again. I can't go back again. It was so hard after being away for a year in deep grief, coming back as this new person. And mm. so I, I just felt like I, I can't do this. So I um, quit that job. I had no idea what I was going to do next. And I decided I was going to focus on the things that brought me joy and connection. And one of those things was movement. And um, so I went to get trained as a teacher, but I didn't know that I would teach. I just kind of wanted to learn the skills so that I could use them for my own journey. And then it was so transformational for me that I thought, I just, this is what I need to do. Like it was mm. just a calling. So um, I totally switched gears and started my own business teaching movement. Good for you. I, I, I'm going to move you up real quick. I think I think you can go up top. Oh, we can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm just messing everything up. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> move movement through grief. We've heard moving through grief. We've heard so many, you know, different. Let me say it this way: in 2000 to 20, in today's time, there's grief seems to be expanding. Everyone seems to be able to kind of give something connected with grief, whether it's yoga, whether it's, you know, just there's so many options. When I lost my mother in 1994, it seemed like grief was just one road. It was like there was there was not much talked about it. It was just something you had to feel and you had to just deal with it. So people like you are, are huge who are helping the world realize that there are things you can do that can help you get through your grief. So part of all this to say, first of all, thank you for doing what you do. But the second thing is to show is if you could explain to us, how does grief show up in the human body? Yeah, so first I'll share personal story and then I'll go into um, some of the other ways. So when when my mom died and my uncle died, I woke up and I couldn't turn my head the next day. Like I went one day from having freedom of in my neck to not being able to turn my head at all. And it totally freaked me out. Like I woke up and was like, what the heck is going on? Um, now I know that grief shows up that way. It shows up as stiffness, as pain in our joints. A lot of people will get back pain. Um, we know that it can cause disruption in sleep. It can cause disruption in eating. And I, I'm sure that um, all grievers, including yourselves, have had these kinds of experiences, like that fatigue where it's like, it doesn't matter how much you sleep, you're just so weighed down and fatigued. Um, and then another big one is the shallow breathing. Like a lot of us will feel really tight in our chest and hard almost to, to catch a deep breath. Um, and then there's other ones that I think are a little maybe less common, but things like sensitivity to noise, 
um, uh, irritability, you know, all, all of mm. the kind of things that come across with other kinds of irritability and um, emotional challenges, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I can definitely relate to the shortness of breath and, you know, I'll say it this way. I think that is one when it occurs, uh, I, I haven't experienced too many times, but when it occurs, I can consciously make the connection between that and grief. What I've never been able to make the connection is body stiffness or, you know, I, you feel like for some reason when that happens, it's not really related to the grief. At least this is what you would think. Um, but I love the fact that you're clearing it up that it is related to the grief. Um, so what I'd love to, to hear from you is if you can explain what connections you found in your work between moving your body and coping with grief. Yeah, so many. Um, so when I, after my, for my mom and uncle died, I started seeing a grief counselor almost immediately. Like before I think my baby was born, I was, I was in there talking to a grief, a grief counselor. And I was doing that work through um, that therapy, like all the grief work that I'm sure many of us are familiar with, but all of that work happens in movement as well. So through my grief counselor, I was working on how can I be more compassionate to myself? How can I accept that the thoughts and feelings that I'm having are okay and that I, I'm doing the very best that I can in this in this moment? Um, if you think about fitness or moving your body, how many times do we find ourselves doing an exercise that's really hard and our brain wants to tell us, well, you got to keep going. It, you know, this is, you got to push through the pain. You got to get to the other side when sometimes just saying, this is the reality, this is the way it is. And offering ourselves love can get us a little bit further. Um, things like practice, like uh, practicing setting boundaries. So setting boundaries in our personal life so that we can protect our energy as we're grieving and really engage in the things that are important to us. Well, when we're in a fitness class and an instructor is telling us to do something, we're allowed to say no. We're, we're allowed to say this is not right for me right now to do something a little bit different, um, to be able to trust our own uniqueness. Like our everyone's grief journey is so unique. And that is true in movement. We all need to do things a little bit differently. We all need to um, honor what our body is telling us and respond so that we can um, get sort of the most out of what we're doing. And I just saw so many of those parallels and it gave a lot of time to practice in, in what I'd call a safe setting. So it was a little bit easier to set a boundary in a fitness class than to set a boundary, say, with a family member. Mm. Um, and can, can I ask you, yeah. is there something we should be doing every day for our bodies to help us cope with our grief? Um, yeah, so moving them. And I, I'm really big on movement is not just what you what happens in a gym, like it's not just going to a class for an hour or lifting weights for an hour. Movement happens throughout our entire day. And so sometimes we might not want to move our bodies, especially when we're grieving and we're exhausted. And there's, you know, all these things we're dealing with. But maybe we can circle our ankles or maybe we can stand up and wiggle a little bit. Maybe we can um, go for a walk around the block, whatever those little things are. And it's unbelievable to me how much those little things actually help us to process stress and help us to um, get grounded and connected with ourselves. So. Tori, uh, I, have a, I have a follow-up question, but I want to say Tori says yeah. she likes your, your clean and, and minimalist looking <laughs> workout area behind you. She really loves it. It gives a good vibe. I agree, Toria. Yeah. 
Um, Thank you. Very, very cool. So what about, uh, is there a certain type of workout or specific movement, specific workout that you find helpful for grief that we may not be aware of, that we may not even realize could be really helpful for us? Yeah. So in general, I tend to tell people if it feels good for you, then it's probably the right thing for you. So I'm not, um, I don't believe in um, right or wrong when it comes to movement. Um, what I do think is helpful to share though, is that for some people um, who are used to coping with stress through fitness, there can be into intense movement. And when grief happens, sometimes we'll find intense movement is not actually helpful anymore. And that can be a surprise to people because we're already in this state of like fight or flight. And then we're doing things that are keeping our heart rate high um, and that are not helping us get deep breaths and things. So encouraging people if intense movement isn't working for you to try something a little more gentle. And um, I'm a big fan of restorative Pilates because that's um, what I'm trained to teach. And restorative Pilates is a little more gentle version than maybe a traditional or athletic Pilates, but it helps us to focus on our breath, to find deep breathing. It moves the body through all the ways it's designed to move. Um, so yeah, that's maybe, I guess, where I, where my bias lies, but. Yeah, I, I love it because I'm getting into Pilates again myself and a Pilates performer and it feels I don't feel like I'm going through a, a specific or present grief at the moment, but I, I'm saying all this because it's been the exercise that made me, has been making me feel really good while doing it. And I think sometimes we fall victim to thinking that working out or gym has to be painful or something that's not pleasant. Um, there, there are workouts and exercises out there that um, that can feel good while doing it. And if I'm understanding you correctly, Ashley, you're saying it's important to not only understand that, but to accept that when you're dealing with the grief to try to do some type of movement that feels good, that is positive for your body instead of giving you any type of negativity. Yes, absolutely. And and these same those same kinds of movements, I find they feel good while you're doing them. And then they're also energizing. So when you finish them, you feel more lifted than when you started. And I think that's what we need when we're grieving. We need those positive experiences, even if it's just like this moment of calm or comfort, we need to grasp onto all of those moments that we can find. Mm. Uh, I have a question. Uh, does, uh, where are you from? Oh, here we go. This is a good question. I have a question too, but Anna has a good question as well. She says, were you familiar with grieving coaches before your loss? Sounds very beneficial. Um, so I wasn't before um, my loss. And I, as I said, reached out to a grief counselor and I was familiar with peer-to-peer -peer support. So I now volunteer in a peer-to-peer -peer support program for um, grievers. Uh, but I, I wasn't. I, and I've met a few in the virtual world now, um, but that's kind of been my, through this work that I've come across that. That's beautiful. Okay. And I, I need to, I mean, I'll ask again later, but now, can you tell people, since you are a coach as well, can you tell people how to get in connect with you or to learn more about you? YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you have all of that? Yeah, I have all of that. Yep. So my Instagram is probably the best place if you're looking for the real um, dialed in grief content. Um, but you can reach out to me on on any of those platforms. Okay. And for those who may be listening on a podcast, 
Her Instagram handle is at move through grief, M-O-V-E-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-G-R-I-E-F. Um, Facebook inspired to move by Ashley Farrar. And then on YouTube, Ashley Farrar inspired to move. Um, what has been your biggest challenge in, in this field? Because I've never heard prior to, to today or prior to last week, never heard the term a certified movement professional. I've heard of personal trainers. I've heard of, you know, you know, um, athletic therapists, but I've never heard of a certified movement professional. So has it, has it been challenging to get what a certified movement professional is out there? And if you can, if you can articulate kind of what the difference is between you and a personal trainer or, a, a a physical therapist. Yeah. So I consider myself sort of a bridge point between what you'd get if you went to see a physiotherapist and what you'd get if you went to see a personal trainer or to a gym. So sometimes you maybe have an injury and you go to physio and they give you sort of your rehab program and you graduate from that, but you're not feeling quite confident or capable enough maybe to see a personal trainer or a gym. And that's not to say that you aren't capable to do that, but for some people that can be really scary coming from that point to the next point. So I really focus on um, what I'd say is the natural movements of the body. So when I work with people, it's not we're not um, thinking about how can we maximize the strength in our arms. I'm talking about how can we get the shoulder blades gliding on, on the rib cage the way they're designed to do so that when you lift your arm up, it, feels not like work so that in your day-to-day -day life you have this sort of ease and freedom of movement and that's sort of how I think of the whole body like we're really focusing on um, how to get the optimal movement in each of your joints um, I don't know I does does that yeah no that helps you, a lot you know I, yeah I helps a lot so I have another question for you if if someone you were working with is going through a grief and talking about you know pain in this area or that area, or they're just going through something. Is there any type of exercises or anything you do specifically to help with that grief or to help them in a roundabout way without realizing that you're helping them with their grief? Is there any go-to mm -hmm. type of thing that you, you would suggest or that you seem to do? So I tend to start people with the diaphragm and okay. trying to find a release through the diaphragm. So I will try lots of different breathing exercises with people, but beyond that movement through the spine. So if we can get movement through the spine, uh, twisting through the spine, that creates the space there for the breath to happen. Um, trying it, breathing in different positions too is another way that we try and tackle that. That's so interesting. That actually makes sense. So. Um, t tell us about the spine. What happens at the spine? Is it is that where we hold a lot of stress or something? Or is it because it's a lack of movement? It has the least movement? Those are just guests from from uh, just a regular, <laughs> regular human. But tell us why the spine is so important. So I think a lot of us, as we start to age, we don't do a lot of movement that gets the spine moving in different directions. And so stiffness will just naturally happen if we're not moving like our body gets better at what it does so if we are always in the same position with our spine it gets really good at being in that position but if we're not you know getting accessing all those other directions then it 
gets maybe not so good at doing that. And so it's really just tapping into the potential, the movement potential that we all have. And the diaphragm, of course, sits up there in around the, the ribs. And then there's that attachment with the ribs into the spine. So it's all connected. Um, yeah. That's super helpful. It really, I never thought of that. Um, when you explain it and when you mention it, it makes sense. But um, I, I never would have put that, it never crossed my mind to really focus on that and just moving and turning. And and when I do my Pilates classes, I the first thing we do is we stretch, there's a box and we push it out and we're like kind of folding and it feels so relieving. And I feel like it's because after a day of not really doing that exercise, it, there's pressure coming off. Now you also mentioned breathing and Taj, if you have, I, I feel like you have something. So I know I'm hogging this, so I apologize. But you've also mentioned uh, breathing, Ashley, and breathing in different postures and different turns. Um, why is that uh, helpful? And is there any specific, without you showing or anything, but are there any specific, simple, explanative ways that we should be breathing to practice this? Um, so when I am cueing breath, I'm often cueing it in a few different ways. So thinking about the belly expanding, but also thinking about how our breath can be sent to the back basket of our rib cage. And so sometimes that can be tricky to feel as we inhale, thinking about the ribs expanding. So getting into like a prayer pose or a child's pose mm. can sometimes help us to feel that expansion on the back versus if we're laying on our back, it can be a little bit harder to feel that. Um, I also like to take a TheraBand and, and just wrap it around my ribs, fold it on each side and then inhale and you're getting a little bit of resistance from the TheraBand there. And it can just help with feedback and feeling that movement happening. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, Angie says breathing helps a lot. Inhale and exhale. Um, and Kinga said, I had back surgery, sclerosis. I have an implant along my spine, long years and hours of rehabilitation are behind me. Um, my dad. Okay, yeah, I thought that was something else. Todd, was there any questions you had or anything you wanted to um, ask? How is do you incorporate music when you do your therapy in in, in that way, or how, is is music a part of it as well? Because I was just look, looking at some of the comments and people were saying that music helps them a lot as well when it comes to grieving. So I was wondering. That's such a good question. So before COVID, when I was doing everything in person, I did utilize music in the class and I would use music that was not distracting, like something that's kind of in the background and soothing. Mm -hmm. um, I used a lot of classical music that would move through, you know, different speeds mm -hmm. and, and things. Um, now that some of my work is online, I tend not to use music as much because it can be a bit challenging with just organizing the music with my voice and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I work one-on-one -on -one with people, it's always their choice. If they want to have music and they can mm -hmm. really pick the kind of music that they want, we can really cater to um, what's helpful for them. Nice. Yeah, it's great. Um, as Anna says, music is medicine. So I, I, I like to work up to music too. Um, but that's just me. I think every, I think most people soft music is soothing. Okay. Um, let's see before I, I should ask this, what legacy do you hope to leave with your work? What difference do you hope to make in the lives of your clients and followers? 
So I think what I hope the most is that people can grow into a version of themselves that allows them to accept whatever the reality that they're in is and use tools, lots of tools, not even just movement. Movement is just like one of the tools in there so that they can really help themselves regardless of what the world wants them to do. And um, yeah, I guess I hope that if, if I can help one person move forward in the direction that they want and need to move in, then I will feel very happy with, with that as an outcome. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, Ashley, I think, Taj, was there anything else you wanted to follow up? Yeah, I think that's very important what you just said, because, you know, there is no roadmap for dealing with grief and the more tools you have, the better in that way, because not everything works for just what might work for one person might not work for the other person. So I'm fascinated by this topic because I didn't know about movement and grief in general. So I think it's very important for people to know all the tools that they can incorporate. So thank you. I, I agree, Taj, because I think when we think of, at least for us, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to add you in here. When we think about uh, movement, we just think about just running or playing baseball or basketball. <laughs> we don't boring. think about the, the benefits from a health in terms of a soul type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, your body, because yeah. we all do go through some type of trials and tribulations almost on a daily basis. And just that kind of relaxing, simple movement and having the mindset of, I want to do what feels good versus I want to be faster. I want to be stronger. I want to lose this or lose that. When you lead with what's feeling good, I think it's very powerful. And I think that is um, just, I appreciate Ashley, you sharing that because that's going to make an impact on me. So thank you. Um, okay. So uh, I think, I think that is it. Ashley, there's a couple of other things, but before I, I mention it, I'd love to give you, um, as I said before we got on, we like to give our guests up to a minute to share whatever it is you want to share with our community. Um, it could be anything from cooking or a cooking recipe to your favorite TV series on, on one of these streaming platforms <laughs> to your favorite cartoon. Doesn't matter, Ashley. 30 seconds to a minute. What would you like to leave for our community? So it, it won't be a surprise to you. I brought a book. Oh, All right. So I brought um, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And this is written by um, two doctors who are sisters, Amelia, Amelia and Emily Nagoski. And so um, full disclosure, the target audience of this book, I would say, is women. They've, the story is or the book is written in that way, but I think it's useful for anyone. Um, and they go through evidence-based ways that you can release stress from your body. And one of those ways, of course, is movement and physical activity. But then they give you a whole bunch of other ways. And I wish so much that I had this book after um, my mom died because I've taken this learning now into my daily life. And seeing that, just releasing that stress doesn't take the problems away, but it does build that resiliency and help us to be able to cope more with the challenges we're facing. Love it. Can yeah. you can you push it uh, more closer to the camera so we could see? It says burnout the secret to unlocking the stress cycle. Mm -hmm. Emily Nagos Nagoski. Awesome. And Amelia Nagoski. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I never yeah. heard of that one. So um 
as the voracious reader you are, um, that could be your selection. But I wanted to recircle back if there was another book that came to your mind or if it's just that one you want to leave our audience with in terms of the book you would suggest or one of your favorite books besides that one. Yeah. Let's, I would love to know. So I thought of one. So one of the books I read last year, one of my favorite reads last year, and I can't remember the author, so forgive me on that, but it's called The Strangers. Um, and it's it's written from by an Indigenous woman from an Indigenous perspective, and it really goes through sort of the generational impact of, um, you know, the, the traumas that they've been through and how that shows up in through the generations. And it was just a very very good read so. i wow. was trying to find yeah. it uh, what but, what made you pick it up that's it's that sounds fascinating um so i literally will pick up any book that i see and my library really has, promotes a lot of books by you know indigenous authors or people of color and um lgbtq they've been really promoting a lot so they'll put them up and i just grab them i yes, take them all yeah. and them so i just saw it and grabbed it so wow and you liked it i oh, loved it yeah it was very very Beautiful. good and it's it's very heartbreaking but also very powerful in um what you the resiliency you see in the community so we will leave a link in our facebook and youtube page on this of course stream to the exact book uh ashley is saying we'll do it to both books so that you guys can can look them up yourselves um i appreciate both suggestions i love to read i have a list and a stack of books that i want to get through but i'm still going to probably pick both up and put them on that list um but i just want to thank you ashley for for joining us for sharing um your thoughts and and your expertise with our community um as I've said, you impacted me because I never really thought about working out and, and letting what feels good be the, the driving force of the workout. For me, it's always been for a purpose, you know, to, to lose weight or to, you know, get stronger here or there or whatever it is. Um, so I appreciate that, that importance of changing that mindset, especially if you're dealing with any type of grief. Mm -hmm. Um, Taj, was there anything else you want to say to Ashley before I um, we put up all the ways to connect with her? No, just thank you. Thank you for coming on and um, kind of giving your knowledge because for me, I'm I'm probably a, a demographic that you probably should target because <laughs> I'm when you talk about movement, that's like. Yeah, TJ, TJ's been very nice and not saying I anything. I wasn't going to say anything. You weren't going to say anything. Yeah. But so. Taj is, is, is a but good I, But yeah, I was listening. So <laughs> I, I want to thank you for coming on. I love it. Um, okay. And then there's two, <laughs> there's two other things we should mention. Um, number one, we got two great super chats. Um, a, a sticker from George. Thank you for your support, George. And then we have a comment from My Life, My Hurdles, and My Survival. Bami says, hi, just wanted to say you're awesome. Uh, painting has always helped me in grief, even though I'm not very good at it. Playing with my doggos helps too. They are therapists too, only furrier. And she gives a happy and laughing emoji. Bami always having a good time, which is awesome. Um, Ashley. I think that is it again for all of you guys who want to connect with Ashley. Her Instagram is at move through grief. Go check her out. Go follow her. Go like and comment on some of her posts. 
Um, if you are on Facebook and you like to use Facebook, Inspired to Move by Ashley Farrar. And then on YouTube, Ashley Farrar, Inspired to Move. And we didn't mention before, and we're going to mention it now, is her website. Um, www.inspiredtomove.ca. Um, again, I'll spell it out in case for those who are listening on the podcast, www.inspiredtomove.ca. Okay, I think that is it. I think we can wrap up this um, episode of Power of Love Show. Ashley, again, want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for being part of the show. Um, Taj, any final words? No. Nope. Okay, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Have a blessed rest of your week. Please be safe. Much love to you guys, and adios. Bye, everyone.